It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Huge win for the Ohio State Buckeyes at Rutgers to get to 2-0 in Big Ten play. And now two consecutive stress-free victories for Ohio State. C.J. Stroud, his best game as a Buckeye. Trevion Henderson showcased himself early before sitting for a good chunk of the game. Updates on him and this Ohio State incredible win on the road. The Buckeyes took care of business. It's all coming up. Instant analysis here on Buckeye Breakdown. We've got the whole crew together as we cover Ohio State with our instant analysis from Ohio State. There's something that doesn't feel right. Unbelievable effort from him today. Is EJ Liddell going to crack the first team all Big Ten? I think he can be the guy. I'm not trying to start a quarterback controversy. He seems to have the durability. He certainly has the toughness. This is the question on a lot of people's minds here. Welcome to Buckeye Breakdown. What's going on, everybody? I'm Brendan Gulick, along with Andrew Lind. Ohio State with an emphatic 52-13 win over Rutgers to get a second consecutive win to start Big Ten play, both of them on the road. Andrew, we talked so much during the week about the need for Ohio State to start fast. I think they started fast enough. Two touchdowns within three minutes and 27 seconds. Uh, scored every time they touched the ball, and of course, once when they didn't with a defensive score in that first half. Uh, and and they pretty much rampaged the Scarlet Knights. An impressive performance. Yeah, there's really no way, better way to start a road game, especially, you know, that it was kind of one of those things that going into it, you know, everybody was talking about how Rutgers was only a 15-point underdog, and this was the closest that it's ever been, and could Rutgers pull an upset? And, you know, to start out with with that kind of performance, you know, to, to score a touchdown, a 44-yard touchdown right off the bat, and then get a pick six, like, you immediately took the crowd out of the game, and then, you know, Rutgers from there was pretty much just, you know, scrambling to keep up. And, and they really just, from the from the very beginning, you know, kind of ended any hope of, of them keeping it closer than an upset. Can we laugh now about the fact that the, the line between Rutgers and Michigan favored Michigan by 21, and the final line between the Buckeyes and Rutgers favored Ohio State by 15? Uh, considering yeah. what we've learned these last couple of weeks, I think that uh, that has showcased itself to be a little bit hilarious. Well, I thought it was kind of funny, you know, going into this game, you know, it was only 15 points. And then when they when they played at Rutgers two years ago, it was a 51 point difference. And it kind of felt and I said this on Twitter during the game, it kind of felt like this was the game that, you know, we should have been talking about Ohio State possibly setting scoring records or something like that, just because the offense, you know, is is. It's kind of crazy to think, but this offense at times feels even more potent than it did with Justin Fields at, uh, behind center. So, you know, it's kind of one of those things when when they're going, you know, it's kind of hard for, for anybody to stop them. And why don't we start there? Because C.J. Stroud, I think, is the focal point of today's discussion. You know, Ryan Day has said time and time again, C.J.'s the guy. He won the quarterback battle. This is the guy we want to go forward with. Uh, and, and, you know, we're conditioned to trust Ryan Day as one of the best quarterbacks coaches in the country and, and his work with, you know, recent Ohio State Buckeye quarterbacks continues to prove he knows what he's doing. But we had just seen enough small growing pains, frustrations, whatever you want to call them. We'd seen enough things with C.J. Stroud these first few games that left us wanting a little bit more. And, and we've said 
Maybe it's recency bias. Maybe it's expectations that are too high for a redshirt freshman. Whatever it was, today's C.J. Stroud makes you feel like, as a Buckeye fan, that this team has national championship aspirations because he was unbelievably good today. Well, I think the biggest thing that, that we struggle with just maybe, you know, as, as media and fans is the fact that we don't get to see what goes on in practice. And I mean, I'll be the first to admit that I've, I've been pretty hard on on CJ because I've expected and I, I mean, I think he is a great quarterback. He wouldn't have been one of the most sought after quarterbacks in the country, you know, coming out of high school if he wasn't. And they wouldn't have those same expectations that are attached to him right now if 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 he wasn't that good. You know what I mean? So it's it's like. One of those things that we look back and see how Justin Fields was was performing in his first year, and, and I think he had that extra benefit of of playing in those games during his freshman year, whereas CJ did not. So that you know, the, it seemed to be like that might have not been a big deal coming into the season, but then once he gets into those games and you know he doesn't have any action, those first three or four games he's still learning, and I think that that's the biggest thing that we kind of have to learn. So you know, like I said, I'll be the first to admit that. You know, during those moments when he is struggling, it makes you wonder, like, what is Ohio State seeing? What what is Ryan Day and, and Corey Dennis seeing in practice that we're not that that he's so convinced that Stroud is the guy? And if if this is what we're seeing or what they're seeing in practice, then I mean, then then he's made the right decision. Yeah, I I totally agree from that standpoint because every time I've had a chance to see Kyle McCord, I've just kind of felt like. Man, I love this kid's arm. I love his upside, his potential. You know, he came into into things uh, as an early enrollee with CJ and Jack having played so little last year. I didn't think Kyle was that far behind when he got on campus, and he clearly made it a heck of a quarterback battle. I thought after McCord's bad series last week, he settled in and looked really good in the first half. Um, you know, I, I, I'm not going to necessarily hold um, – hold Kyle or Jack's feet to the fire for their performance this afternoon, because I thought the whole second half was a little bit flat. It's gotta be hard to maintain your focus when you're up 45 to six at halftime against an opponent you expected to blow out. You know, it, it's almost like the, the halftime break lets the air out of the balloon a little bit and, and the Buckeyes played fine, but the nature and the play calling of what they wanted to do offensively changed a bit in the second half. So, you know, I, I realized those reps are valuable and, that's your body of work, but um, I, I'm not going to get frustrated by what I saw from Kyle McCord or Jack Miller in the second half of the game. Uh, but instead, you know, point out the fact that CJ Stroud's final numbers were 17 of 23 for 330 yards and five touchdowns. They scored on every offensive possession that he was in the game, uh, had six offensive touchdowns and a field goal, and then obviously had the defensive touchdown as well. Um, look, he he was composed. He had he had great poise in the pocket. The line kept him clean, um, and he said post game, "Hey man, I, I I felt like I could let it rip a little bit, and I feel like my shoulder was going to fall off." You know, the week was good for him physically as well as mentally, uh, and it it showed today. And I hope this is the kind of quarterback play we can get used to seeing now for the Buckeyes the rest of the year. Well, I think that that's a, a really big key too, and, and you know, to take a step back and look at it from um, him, him having a week off. of of practice and you know you might not necessarily be able to heal from whatever your injury is but I think that just going through those mental reps and knowing that you're okay like he you know there was a there was a time where he took tucked the ball and ran with it and it was kind of one of those things that it was like that element of Ohio State's offense has kind of been missing the last couple of weeks and I think you know looking back on it maybe that that has to do with his shoulder as well like 
you know, you're not going to be more, more apt to tuck the ball and run if you think that you're going to get injured. So, you know, if he's feeling better, you know, both physically and mentally, that's only going to, you know, translate to the field. I totally agree. Watching him run on that particular play made me feel like, okay, he's got the confidence. And not only did he run, he didn't slide, he dove forward. And and it's, it, it to me, there's just no hesitation there with that injury. Um, so again, whatever he had to do this past week to get right, uh, I'm glad he did it. Well, and then there's another moment too when there was the fumble on when Rutgers was off sides near the goal line and he just dove right on that ball. And I think that if you're injured or you're trying to avoid injury, or that's going through your mind or whatever, you know, you're going to think about that as you're going down for that ball. And he had no hesitation whatsoever. And you know, that's obviously a very important thing as well. Let's turn our attention to Travion Henderson, who had eight carries for 71 yards and a touchdown. That touchdown came on his first touch of the game. Uh, basically the opening minute and a half of the game when the Buckeyes got the ball back quickly after Rutgers tried a fake punt and Cam Martinez was all over it. Um, the, the second play, Ohio State ran offensively. They handed the ball to the freshman sensation, Henderson, and untouched, he went 44 yards for a score. Uh, we didn't see a ton more from him because he got a little dinged up. Ryan Day wouldn't go into the nature of the injury. All he did say was post game that Travion would have been healthy enough to play in the second half. Medically, he was cleared. And Ryan Day said, look, I just decided we don't need to play him right now. Um, it's pretty clear that Travion – uh, is you know cementing himself as the feature back, even if the the Buckeyes aren't going to come straight out and and say that this is running back number one. Uh, and Ryan Day has said several times, you know, he really likes Travion's home run ability. Thought Master Teague ran hard today. He thought Marcus Crowley ran hard today. Unfortunately, Mayan Williams was not available. But man, again, here we go. Travion Henderson showcasing some highlight reel stuff. This kid, for being a true freshman and for not having played senior year of high school football, I mean, it's kind of hard to wrap your head around how effective he's been. It's it's fun to watch. Yeah, and I think it's very important to point out that the offensive line, you know, is putting them in a position for him to to get to that point and then take it off to the second level and, and ultimately score. So, you know, while he does bring that game-breaking ability, I think that it all really starts up front and then, you know, like I said, once he gets to that hole and he can, you know, do something special with it that I don't know that other running backs can do. I think that, you know, Master Teague is, is a really good running back in his own right. And I think that he's actually improved a lot in the last couple of weeks. And I kind of think that has a lot to do with with um, Travion kind of stepping up and taking that that next next step in his career is it kind of forced Master to kind of focus on what makes him a good running back. And I think that they're starting to, you know, really complement each other in that aspect. So, you know, when Travion went down, Master obviously stepped in, did a did a serviceable job. And, you know, I know they'd like to have uh, Travion as healthy as possible so that, you know, once you're up, you know, 50 points after halftime, there's no, you know, there's no reason really to get him back in the game after that. It just felt like a bunch of guys scored touchdowns. I mean, Travion obviously had the rushing score, but Olave had two passing touchdown catches, and, and one of them was an unbelievable 56-yard run. Uh, Garrett Wilson showcased some great speed on a little crossing route underneath, and then he took off. Mitch Rossi scored his first career touchdown. Jeremy Ruckert uh, scored a touchdown. Um, I mean, this was it was a fun performance from a lot of different guys. A lot of guys got some love. Uh, and on the offensive side of the ball, this team continues to look good. C.J. Stroud at 19.4 yards per completion today. It's an all-time Big Ten record for freshman quarterbacks. Uh, across the history of this conference, which is now well over 100 years old. 
pretty darn impressive. Um, running the ball effectively, throwing it effectively. There's good balance. There's high explosive natured plays. The Buckeyes continue to lead the country in yards per play. I mean, it's going to take a special defensive effort to slow them down. I realize, you know, even in the, the Oregon game, the loss, I know it was a seven-point loss, but I, I really think as we continue to look back on that, that, that game was really at the feet of the defense. The offense put up almost 600 yards. You know, it wasn't it wasn't like they were struggling offensively to get it going against Oregon. This group, to your point, you know, I, I realize Justin Fields isn't playing quarterback right now. If CJ is healthy, the rest of this offense is so good, you wonder who's going to stop them the rest of the year. Yeah, and that was kind of a, a point of emphasis going into the year, just in, you know, the number of weapons that they have. And it was really nice to see, you know, Chris Olave get uh, re-involved, you know, kind of in the offense after having a little bit of a, a lesser impact in last in the last couple weeks just because, you know, of, you know, maybe getting other people more involved. They're just not really targeting him because that's not what the game plan necessarily dictated. So, you know, it was nice to see him get that. Mitch Rossi, obviously, I, I mean, shoot, I can't remember the last time that, that a fullback caught a, a touchdown pass. It might be like Brandon Schnicker back in like <laughs> 2003 or something like that. So, you know, it's definitely been a while. And then, you know, for, for Jeremy Rucker to go back home because he's from uh, Lindenhurst, New York, just, you know, kind of across the river a bit, you know, it's nice to see him get involved and get a touchdown in that game too. How about on the defensive side of the ball? You know, we've talked so much about the defensive struggles throughout the course of the year. And now you've got three games on tape. Tulsa, Akron, and Rutgers, uh, where you know these these changes on the defensive staff have been made. Matt Barnes calling plays now, his third game doing that. Um, but more importantly, I think on the on the actual personnel side, guys that in the beginning of the season you're sitting there saying, "Hey, not a whole lot of experience on the field, talent, but not necessarily a lot of experience, and maybe the scheme wasn't great, or the coaching of that scheme wasn't great." Now, five games in, again, I, I'm not trying to overreact here. I realize Rutgers is not a great team. I still think Rutgers has improved, and I said all week long I thought they were a better football team uh, than what we've seen from them in the past. The Buckeyes just kicked their butts today, and that happened a lot on the defensive side of the ball. Three interceptions against a Rutgers team that hadn't thrown a single interception through four games. Obviously, one of those went for a touchdown. You know, even though there weren't a lot of tackles for loss today or sacks, you could tell Noah Vedral's clock was sped up and they were they were, you know, forcing him to, you know, try to make some quicker decisions. Ronnie Hickman continued to make a boatload of tackles. He had one in particular that stood out to me in the middle of the second quarter on a third and short. It was on the far sideline, um, made a great tackle, forced a fourth down that. Rutgers went for and did not convert. I mean, those are the kinds of things that you need your defense to do. And I think we're seeing some good steps forward here. Well, I think the important thing when you look back at, at Rutgers, you know, 3-0 and start, obviously before they lost at Michigan last week, was the fact that they had a, a plus seven turnover margin. They were one of the better teams in the country. I think they were still, you know, fourth and tied for fourth in the country coming into this game. But, you know, in those games, when they're the ones forcing the turnovers, that's how you win ball games. And then when they're the ones turning the ball over, you know, that's when it gets out of hand just like this. And, you know, it's really a, a really big confidence building game for Ohio State, you know, coming off of Akron last week. And then, you know, to then put in a very similar defensive effort again this week, like that's a very important thing. And, you know, heading into a, a more difficult portion of the schedule because, it, I mean, let's be honest, it's not going to get any easier going forward. So, 
you know, to finally be coming out of those two games and, and feeling good about the defensive effort, like that, that's a very important thing. I think the defense, um, you know, ha- had a little bit better uh, blitz scheme today. I mean, I just saw different kinds of pressures. You know, you saw Jack Sawyer drop back into coverage from his defensive end spot and linebackers blitzing. Um, yeah, it's just there were some more exotic things that are difficult for quarterbacks to read. I just like the way Ohio State, you know, got it going. Uh, I thought their interior defensive linemen played really well again today. Haskell Garrett and Tyleek Williams and Teron Vincent all had very good games. Javante Jean-Baptiste had a huge hit at one point in the second quarter. Um, those guys are starting to get more physical, and that's that's going to be a big thing for Ohio State. And, you know, you talk about the, the confidence of the defense. Um, you know, next week you're going to play against a Maryland team that has a quarterback that until yesterday had gotten off to a fantastic start to the season. And then Maryland's group of quarterbacks yesterday threw seven interceptions against Iowa. So they're licking their wounds a little bit before they get ready to come to Columbus next week, but they still have a nice body of work, you know, overall. Um, I, I hope the Buckeye defense, you know, can continue to take another good step forward next week and then get as healthy as possible on that bye. Because today, I think the the one big, you know, injury, if you want to extrapolate here, is is Cody Simon um, left last week's game with an injury, left this week's game with an injury. Don't know how severe it is. We certainly hope he's okay because he's emerged as a guy that needs to be on the field. Yeah, and obviously, you know, Tommy Eichenberg stepped in in that position and then, you know, got an interception on the very first play. But I think it's very notable. You know, we need to talk more about the lack of depth, really, at that position with with Dallas Gant and Kayvon Pope leaving the team for obviously different reasons over the last week and a half. But well, you know, maybe the that, same reason, but different ways they went about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean that that is true. But I think it's very important to note that you know they only have five scholarship linebackers. Beyond, well, I'm sorry, six. Uh, obviously, they didn't have uh, Pelleier today, um, but they only had five today. And it's kind of one of those things, you know, you're, you have Steel Chambers coming in from from being a running back for the first couple of years of his, of his career. And you know, he's obviously played well, but there's a whole lot of inexperience in that position. So once once things really start to change and if, you know, Simon is out for any any amount of time, you're obviously going to have to get more creative with with your lineups and those kind of things. So if there's really one concern for me about the defense um, health wise, it's it's obviously the lack of, of depth at that position. Uh, 19 freshmen in total on the travel roster today. You know, we've talked about how young this team is. And again, I realize now you're about halfway through the year. So that youth component starts to fade a little bit, but for the most part, most of those 19 guys that are freshmen saw the field, not all of them, but, but darn near all of them. Um, you know, today was the kind of game that I think the Buckeyes really needed after the Akron game because it carried the weight and the meaning of a Big Ten game, but still gave you a chance with that big, fast, early start that you could work in some of those other guys and continue to make up for what you didn't have last year, these opportunities to build that experience. Well, I think that that was one thing that was a really big part of the conversation last week was while everybody was saying, it's just Akron. Like, this is a team that won two games over the last three years, and only one of those games was actually against the Power Five, you know, or an FBS opponent. So, you know, to then come in and do this game against a team that played really well against Michigan last week, had an opportunity to win or, you know, tie that game late, you know, was, was three and one overall, like 
a team on the upswing under Greg Schiano, who is very familiar, obviously, with Ohio State's offensive, you know, just offensive game plan. Like, there, there are reasons that, that Rutgers was only a 15-point underdog in this game. So, you know, to then go and put that effort together, and you know, it's, it's never really easy to win in, on the road um, in the Big Ten. And, you know, Ryan Day would obviously say as much. So then to go, you know, do it. Their two, or I'm sorry, three of their first four games in the Big Ten are all on the road. So to get those out of the way, play like they have, you know, in this game, and then, you know, move forward, have uh, Maryland at home, and, and just continue to build on that. I want to close by talking about the special teams and just how impressed I was with their preparation. You know, after what Rutgers did last year, you knew that they were going to try to do some goofy stuff to uh, account for the talent gap between the two programs right now. And I mean, I don't know if anybody in America was surprised that Rutgers tried to fake their first punt of the game and Ohio state had it as covered as you could possibly cover it. Could, could Rutgers have converted that with a better pass? Maybe, but Cam Martinez was right there. He was actually underneath the intended receiver on that play with another defensive player on that guy's back. I I just, you know, I, I was so impressed with the way Ohio State handled special teams today. They blocked an extra point. You know, Noah Ruggles, knock on wood, hasn't missed a field goal yet this year. He he nailed another one today. Um, kickoffs were good. You know, Rutgers didn't have great starting field position. I mean, this was as good, I think, as Ohio State has played from a special teams perspective so far this year. Even Jesse Murko's punt was good in the yeah. third quarter. Yeah, and I think he brought up two really good points, uh, specifically about Cameron Martinez, you know, making that play. And I just think that he's kind of added a new dynamic to that that um, defense, especially just because, you know, we had mentioned before that when he played high school, he was he was a quarterback who all he did was score touchdowns. And I think that, like, he's just kind of one of those players who plays really freely and that, you know, kind of comes with just being young and in that position for the first you know time, honestly. And I think that that's kind of added something special to Ohio State's defense. And if he can kind of just bring that free-flowing feeling to Ohio State's defense consistently, like, that's only going to make them better. And then obviously, you know, coming into the year, uh, Ohio State had Jake Seibert, who was the, you know, the kicker last year um, when Blake Caubiel went down. And I think that, you know, there was obviously concerns about his kicking ability, which is why they brought Noah Ruggles in in the first place. And for him to come in, you know, come off of, uh, you know, he really didn't have the greatest end to his North Carolina career. And I think that that's a, a really important thing. He kind of just rededicated himself. And, and now that's not even a concern. And I think that, you know, there's going to come a time for Ohio State this season where they're going to need him to convert a big field goal or two. And, I mean, honestly, everything he's shown so far this year, like, I'd, I'd feel confident in that. Totally agree with you. It's been fun to watch him compete. He's been uh, it's been automatic so far. So that's our instant analysis. The Buckeyes, 52, Rutgers, 13. Ohio State uh, handled their business and then some here this afternoon. And, frankly, for the first time all year, I think we watched the game and thought, okay, this is finally what Ohio State football is supposed to look like. You know, there were flashes against Akron like that of last week, but still it was hard to wrap your head around it because of, you know, the the difference between Akron's program and Ohio State's program right now. Perhaps a bit frustrating, even though it was a three-touchdown win against Tulsa. Uh, and, of course, those came after an uncomfortable win at Minnesota and a, a really disappointing loss to Oregon. Finally, this is what Ohio State um, is, is used to seeing. And and look, you know, again, we've said it throughout the course of the of the season so far. Ohio State's college football playoff chances are not zero, but they are small. 
Oregon lost today to Stanford. That's an upset. You know, you're, you're going to need some help somewhere along the way. Uh, as long as Ohio State continues to keep winning and winning in impressive fashion, they're going to have a chance. We can talk about this all week. Um, Alabama looked pretty darn good today. Georgia hasn't given up a point in two games. Back-to-back shutouts in the SEC. Last week, nobody really cared because it was Vanderbilt. This week, they shut out a top-10 opponent in Arkansas. And how about what Cincinnati did at Notre Dame? Notre Dame is out. That was a playoff elimination game. They're done. Uh, and Cincinnati, you know, they, they're going to have a really good chance to go undefeated. The Bearcats, I'm sure, believe that they should be considered for the college football playoff. And right now, they're still ranked ahead of Ohio State. So uh, there's a lot in front of Ohio State and a lot of a lot of room to show that they can play at that level and be considered one of the top four teams in the country. They play like they did today the rest of the season, they're going to be right in the heart of that conversation. So it's good to see some positive signs for the Buckeyes in that regard. I think that that's the most important part, though, is if you look at it and you say, you know, obviously they fell to Oregon, but there's nothing that they can do about that at this point in time. Like, all they have to do is continue to win and let everything kind of fall how it may. And, you know, that was a big point of emphasis after they lost to Oregon is they said, well, we can do it in, like like they did in 2014. And that season, they you know, that took everything they had and continued to get better every single week. And you know, they needed some things to happen here and there, but it just happened. And then, you know, as long as they win, I mean, honestly, I, I don't see how an, uh, a one-loss uh, Big Ten champion ends up being out of the playoff. Well, all I know is Ryan Day talked uh, post-game about how toughness was the big, uh, big message for his team all week. And, you know, reflecting on what C.J. Stroud had to say about, hey, it's Ohio against the world. Nobody in the country believes in us right now. Everybody's writing us off, and we like it that way. Feels a bit manufactured to me, but it worked, and that's probably a good thing. Uh, the Buckeyes have an uphill climb, but they are very much in the hunt for this uh, college football playoff season. And and by the way, the Iowa Hawkeyes looked really good yesterday too, so don't uh, don't count them out. For Andrew Lind, I'm Brendan Gulick. This is Instant Analysis from Ohio State's convincing 52-13 win over the Rutgers Scarlet Knights. We've got a ton of coverage coming up this week, both breaking down this game and getting you ready for the Buckeyes game at home against Maryland on Saturday next week. We'll see you real soon. Thanks for tuning in, and uh, hope to see you over on BuckeyesNow.com.